Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Speedway Show. An idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Welcome to the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply by improving the quality of our personal, professional, and spiritual relationships. Our topic for today is Too Restless to Rest. For all of you busy people out there, you might be thinking, gee, I have a spouse or I have a significant other, I have 10 kids, or at least some days it feels like I have 10 kids, I have a pet, uh, maybe two or three, and I'm holding down one job that feels like five, or maybe I actually do have two or three jobs, and I have no time for myself. So we are talking to you. Yes, you. And we're going to talk to you today about the value of rest. Now you might be thinking, rest? What is that? Are you talking about the four hours of sleep that I get in a night and I get to do that maybe every other night? Yes, you. That is not the rest that we're talking about. We're talking about real rest. And as you're thinking, who has the time and why does it matter? We are going to talk about exactly that today. Why should you rest? Why does it matter? And maybe even uh, hopefully by the end of the show, we will have you bought in to at least try to get more rest. Today, my guest speaker, is, who is going to help me have that discussion, is Pastor Keith Missile. He has served as a pastor for nearly three decades. Uh, pastor Keith has a doctorate of ministry from Asbury Theological Seminary with an emphasis on exegesis and application in preaching. He also holds a Master's of Divinity from Columbia International University with a focus on pastoral leadership and evangelism. And he has a Bachelor of Science degree from Philadelphia Biblical University, where he majored in Biblical Studies and Missions. Pastor Keith enjoys, during his spare time, he enjoys scuba diving, downhill skiing, traveling, and reading. Pastor Keith, welcome to the Speedway Show. Well, it's great to be with you, Speedway, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Now, why did you feel that this topic of rest was so important to address? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the wonderful thing about preaching, Speedway, is that the sermon starts with the preacher. So the truth has to filter through the pastor's life in order for it to be real to the listeners. 
so often we get to speak on topics we're learning in real time and certainly this topic flows out of my personal life experience let me let me explain that just briefly you know i've served as a pastor now going on three decades uh and i i feel my vocation's like a marathon uh, you must learn to pace yourself in pastoral ministry or you'll hit the wall and burn out like a marathoner knows. Uh, I have found over the years many of my colleagues in vocational ministry have experienced this. And, um, you know, you heard one story about the young lady uh, that I visited coming back from West Africa. I stopped in Ireland for a few days with a team, and within a few short hours I discovered that she was uh, hurting and ill. And she came home from the mission field, and we discovered that uh, she literally burned out. She hit the wall. She was spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically bankrupt. And so for the past 17 months, uh, we've worked as a church with her and her organization, and she is now on a, a medical sabbatical. And so my encouragement for that message was to be proactive, not reactive. Often we get people after they've hit the wall, after they've burned out, so we're doing kind of preventative care. Let's, uh, let's understand the issues and, and uh, work to overcome them proactively. Wow. Now, I would have assumed that in this day and age, when we have more technology than ever, to help us in our daily lives, that we would be resting more. And I take it that that is not true. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> in fact, um, I think it's just the opposite. Our society is tied to technology, and there's a blessing to it, but, boy, there is also a challenge, a huge challenge. Here's, here's what I think is happening just generally. We may leave the office, after 45 to 50 hours, but the office does not leave us. We go home tied to cell phones, computers, uh, emails, uh, voicemails, uh, you name it. And so literally we don't get a genuine and healthy break. That Sunday morning that I shared that message um, that caught your attention, I had a dear friend come up to me afterwards and he said, you know, it's interesting because you spoke right to me this morning. Yesterday, I'm with my son fishing, and he said this. He said, I felt so guilty because during the day as we were fishing, having father-son time, the phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing. He works for a large uh, international corporation based here in Minneapolis, and they were just uh, pounding him on his day off, and he felt guilty for not uh, answering the phone, and uh, and I think that's just part of our symptom. We don't really let go when we leave the office, and uh, it adds up. The accumulative total can be devastating. Well, you know, I have to say that I remember back in, it was probably around 1999, 2000-ish, when I was working for a financial services company, and I got my first laptop. And I remember thinking, this is great. I get to work at home. <laughs> I get to work everywhere. And then I thought, wait a minute. How, 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 you know, at some point I remember thinking, so how is this good for me? Because I'm thinking, well, this might be great for the company because all of a sudden I was working everywhere. And um, 
you know, now with the blackberries that, you know, I've often, I don't like the term, but I've often, often heard them referred to as crackberries because that connectivity is so addictive. And once people get into the habit, not only, I find, not only do you get used to checking it all the time, but on the days when I'm offline, like, you know, the day I heard your talk and I went home and I said, okay, (laughs) I'm going to get offline, I'm just going to be off the grid and I'm going to play with my daughters and we're going to hang out today. When I finally did get back online the next day, there are all these messages from all these people who fully expected me to be available Mm -hmm. at checking my phone all day, looking for me and saying, gee, where are you? So it's it's a it's you know so much for the help of technology is 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 what I think is is absolutely the right observation. And speaking of your observations, what are people doing now instead of 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 resting and and what's driving all of the activity? Because it's it's not the technology. I don't imagine. What do you think? Yeah. About? Well, one of the big things is certainly we have more options than ever. And it seems like everyone in the family is engaged in the menu. Uh, for instance, my wife and I uh, recently enjoyed dinner with a family a few weeks ago. Both are adult professionals. Both work full-time. That in itself is, is uh, a full load. Then you add to the mix the children and the school schedules, uh, the extracurricular, the baseball, the football, the traveling teams, uh, a brand-new baby. And so as we sat there that evening, the uh, conversation turned to uh, the crises of life, where the schedule and the demands and the opportunities just seemed to overwhelm this dear couple. And so I'd say a third of our evening was talking about uh, remedies uh, for that. I also believe, Speedway, we haven't um, created healthy boundaries for ourselves. You know, many of your listeners tonight are, are workaholics. Uh, that's, that's an absolute. The gal that I referenced in Ireland, she told me for a long, long time, she never even took a, a weekend off. And uh, you just can't keep giving, giving, giving without replenishing. So I think there's a lot of issues, a lot of demands. Uh, we think giving more is, is going to produce, and and I think it's just the opposite. Well, that was going to be my next question, which is, <laughs> <laughs> do you know of any evidence that would suggest that working around the clock and, 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 and doing all of that stuff leads to greater you know, wealth, happiness, satisfaction or, you know, anything truly positive? Well, I think there are some positives. Clearly, the the income base, if if you are going, 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 the, the corporations will reward you. Uh, I had a friend when I lived in Cincinnati. He worked for a, a major corporation there, and he capped off his career intentionally because he said, I'm only going to give so much. So he drew the boundaries. Now, people can keep going, but the more we keep going, sometimes the greater the demand. So, yeah, there might be greater wealth, but here is the question. Your question is spot on. Is there more happiness and satisfaction? I don't think so for a few reasons. Number one, I see the hurt all the time. 
I see the uh, families overwhelmed. I see the time pressure. I see the tension it creates, the stress, the hurt, the, the frustrations. So just for example, a husband and wife, you know, pouring themselves out at work, pouring themselves out at, uh, in their kids, you know, worst time for themselves, worst time for intimacy. And so the happiness, the satisfaction often is the peace that gets sacrificed for our busyness. That's pretty deep. And, you know, I, I would guess that when 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 we are running and working and doing all that stuff that most people aren't really thinking about the sacrifice um, yeah. the peace and, and the serenity because it's not a tangible byproduct that you can look at and say, okay, there. It's not the same as the pride that you might feel from having your kid be able to play the piano because you've been running to piano class for a semester and saying, look what that produced. Mm. Not the same. You know, I shared a story that morning that might be worth uh, reiterating for your listeners. Um, A pastor that I highly respect, Wayne Cordero, author, church planner, international speaker. Uh, He was in California one day, and he was speaking. And before his uh, uh, time that evening, he was out jogging. And in the course of the jog, he just sat down on a, a street curb. And his story, he tells this in his book, Leading on Empty, he said he began weeping uncontrollably. He had no idea what was going on. He couldn't stop. And he cries out, you know, to the Lord, help. What's going on here? And here's what he heard. He heard, Wayne, you've been leading on empty. You have no fuel left in your tank to keep going. And so that, that busyness, that production, you know, more, more is better uh, worked against him. And he said that incident in California began a three-year odyssey that absolutely changed his life, his values, his goal, and readjusted his calling in ministry. So I guess, you know, I was going to ask you, so what is so bad about resting? Because in this day's society, it's, you know, it's it's kind of a badge of honor to be a workaholic, right? <laughs> you know, I go to work and I I, I I see people and I say, "How are you doing?" And they say, "Busy." And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going? busy. And you know, we, we it's like we pride ourselves on our busyness, and we're running around doing all the stuff. And and it's almost like, you know, there there's so many vices. And, and I used to justify my own workaholic habits by thinking, well, you know, there's so many vices out there. I could be a drug addict. I could be an alcoholic. I could be addicted to sex. I could be, you know, doing so many destructive things. But here I am doing this, you know, constructive stuff. I'm working. And and never once thinking that perhaps it was potentially as destructive as some of those other things because of the right. way that it can run you down if you um, are not taking care and you're not careful. Well, a few things come to mind. I, I think you're absolutely right about workaholism. Someone said this, workaholism is one of the most respectable of all addictions. Yes. But remember this, <laughs> if you do not learn to break that habit, it will one day break you. Uh, I've seen it, and, uh, again, it's too frequent in my profession. You know, going back to this idea of what's so bad about not resting, let me, let me share a metaphor I think metaphorically, rest provides fuel for life. Now, that's not only true metaphorically, it's true chemically in our body. 
Uh, I like to introduce um, people to books, as you know, and so let me throw out another book. Dr. Archibald Hart has a book out entitled Adrenaline and Stress, the exciting new breakthrough that helps you overcome stress damage. And basically what he says, when a person is constantly on the go, they begin running on adrenaline. When that happens, the body does not replenish the serotonin levels in the body. When that happens, the body runs on adrenaline. It's only a matter of time before the person hits the wall. That's exactly what happened to this young lady in uh, Ireland. That's exactly what happened to Wayne Cordero. So it is just proven, you know, medically that we need rest for the body to replenish its serotonin levels and to live healthy. Wow. Okay. So that what's wrong with not resting it's not just a good idea i did not i didn't realize that there are actually reasons why you would want to rest from a biological perspective as well yep. now if you're wondering what a life manual is it is the manual that comes with your body your mind and your spirit depending on your personal persuasion and preference you may use the Hebrew Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, the Christian Bible, or some other holy writing that speaks to you. While expressed in different ways, the underlying truths about living right, living a godly life, tend to be the same. Now, what does your life manual say about resting? Yeah, uh, Speedway, that's so vital, really from Genesis to Revelation the Old to the New Testament, rest is foundational to the Judeo-Christian faith. Um, first, resting begins with God, and it should be celebrated as God celebrated it. Um, and the way I like to look at this, this idea of rest is that it's a restful delight. And so this concept of Sabbath, God instituting a Sabbath, he rested. Literally, Sabbath means day of rest. But that doesn't mean you become a couch potato. That doesn't mean you sleep in for 24 hours. What it means is the day is dedicated to delight, and it includes rest. So all the way back in the book of Genesis, um, it talks about God creating, and on the seventh day he rested. Now think that through for a moment. God creates the heaven and the earth, and then he rests. He doesn't rest because he's tired. He rests because his work was complete, and then he engaged in enjoying that which he saw that was good. And so it's – go ahead. I did not know that. I, I yeah. Have, you know, I thought he was just resting to give all of us the example of what we're supposed to do. Well, and I think that's a big part of it as well. So you're absolutely right there. He does set the example, and we need that because we we wouldn't follow uh, otherwise. Um, but I, I think it's a there's a variety of reasons, and but again, like you said, the the next uh, big reason is to set the example. He rests, therefore we rest. Now think about it. God's all powerful. He creates. He doesn't sleep or slumber. The Bible says and yet he rests, and so all the more so, we who desperately need rest should follow in his footsteps. And one, one final thing on, on the whole topic of the Judeo-Christian rest, Jesus picked up on this theme early on in his ministry because 
we see him often doing wonderful things like healing people on the Sabbath, harvesting on the Sabbath. And he got in trouble for it. The religious leaders weren't very happy. And he taught this great principle that your listeners, I think, will uh, see great value in. He said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath, the day of rest, the day of delight is a gift from God for us to enjoy, to embrace, and to be renewed in. And there's many components of what that looks like. Wow. So, actually, um, regardless of whether I feel my work is complete, because, you know, one of the things that's true, I think, of, of, of workaholics, and I'm a recovering one, is that you never feel like your work is complete. Mm. But, right. you know, what... What you're suggesting, though, is however complete it is as of last week, whatever I got done this week, this is the day that I get to enjoy whatever it is I have accomplished so far is is what I'm hearing. Is that fair? Man, that's not only fair, that's uh, accurate. That's, that's exactly uh, the intention because how many of us leave the office with everything completed? It just doesn't happen. So we would literally be tied there. We'd be a slave to our work. Sure would. Sure would. And, um, you know, you, what I have found and part of the reason I stopped working around the clock was because I very quickly figured out that whether I worked eight hours or 12 hours or 16 hours, there never seemed to be an end to the work. I never got to that place where I felt no. like, Okay, I'm on top of yep. this now because there's always something more. And especially when you're in a client-related profession like I am as a lawyer with, you know, I used to have external clients. Now I have internal clients because I'm in-house. Um, or with you where you're, you know, your clients are essentially, you know, members of the church and, and, and people who have need for your help, your guidance, and so on. The more efficient you are, the more they come with more things for you to do. And so it's it's almost like it's a vicious cycle mm, because absolutely. the the more you accomplish, the more there is to do. And so you really never get to that place where you feel like, okay, I have done, you know, everything I set out to do. So now here's the, the question. We talked about why resting is so important. We talked about it from the spiritual perspective, the biological perspective, the 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 personal fulfillment perspective, what do you say to the listener out there who doesn't read a life manual, and I have you know listeners who don't, and, and, and that's fine, but uh, might therefore say, well, you know, resting might be an issue if for, for, for you religious types, but, but maybe not for me, because, you know, it, it's one thing to say God rested, and right. if you're not moved by the fact that God rested, therefore so should you. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's anything else you would say to, to an individual like that. Well, and I think I think that's a great question. And, uh, you know, to value your listeners, we, we can just take studies just from uh, general surveys um, that suggest the absolute necessity for us. So let me share a few things. A survey in Inc. magazine a few years ago determined that 62% of the people in America say this, I have burned out or I'm on the way. Think about that. That's six out of ten 
listeners in your audience. I have burned out or I'm on the way. And when we're talking burnout, we're talking hitting the wall. We're talking uh, serotonin depletion. We're talking I can't get out of bed. We're talking anxiety and depression and discouragement. There's a whole lot more that goes with this burnout uh, uh, situation than we realize. So the encouragement. Did you say that was Ink Magazine? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. Well, so the encouragement, even from non-religious sources, is rhythms in life are necessary. And and so, you know, someone said this, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. You know, I, I think I think there's some truth to that. Now, think think through this analogy. In baseball, I find it interesting that the best starting pitchers are given three days of rest between starts. Why is that? Baseball experts know the human arm can only take so much stress before it gives out. So pragmatically, we know this. Tonight, if you get a good night's rest, and so do I, if I get six hours of deep sleep, guess what? I wake up feeling like a million dollars. If I'm waking up two or three times during the night, you know, I get up 5, 6 o'clock, and I don't feel as good. Just practically, we know the value of getting a good night's rest and finding those rhythms in life that are so healthy. Well, that's an interesting thing about those rhythms because I find, just as an aside, that every person has a different rhythm in their own life because if I take if, – if my – Six hours happen from 9 p.m. to 3 or 4 a.m. I get up that early feeling wonderful. But if my six hours happen from midnight to 6, <laughs> mm. I don't feel nearly as well. And um, it's a funny thing because it's the same six hours. But, um, you know, I, that just struck me when you when you said that because um, it is, a, you know, rest is, is one of those things that you can immediately feel the impact, and and I know when my body is going to get the greatest amount and the best rest, and then it's it's an ongoing struggle for the discipline to stop and take, even on a daily basis, just take that time and go to bed at night as opposed to waiting that extra hour or that extra two hours. And so on with, as we continue on that line of thinking, what about the listener out there? Who might think, you know, boy, the idea of resting sounds kind of passive, kind of boring. Um, I, I have to confess that I was in Rio de Janeiro on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and I was I, I, I was there with a friend of mine, and he kept carrying on about how we had to go to the beach, and he just dying to get to the beach, and I'm I'm thinking. You know, I've, every time I've seen pictures of people on the beach, I've never spent time on the beach because every time I see people on the beach, they don't look like they're doing very much. And uh, so finally, I just had to ask the question, you know, what are we going to be doing on the beach? You know, what do you do on the beach? There's sand, there's water. What do you do? And uh, he taught me the art of, of, of just chilling out. And I had not done that in so long. <laughs> Yep. I'm so ashamed that it was, it, you know, it, it sounded kind of foreign and it sounded, when he said it, it sounded really kind of passive and kind of boring. So what do you say 
to the person out there who's been going for so long that that the whole idea of you know just spending a day to rest is like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, well, a few things. Number one, I fully understand that listener's concern because I am wired to go, go, go. I'm a high charger, type A personality. The more I get done in the day, the more fulfilled I am. But I've also found that if I don't find healthy spiritual rhythms, that going, going, going will catch up. So some uh, creative things about this idea of the day of rest, uh, it's not, again, suggesting that you and I have to be couch potatoes or that we live passive. Part of my spiritual rhythms and and just overall life rhythms when it comes to my day of rest, often I'll play around the golf. And that just in so many different ways, number one, I leave the cell phone off. <laughs> two, you're out in, in creation and getting fresh air. Three, you're typically with you know, friends, you're enjoying fellowship, and every now and then you get a good golf shot. It doesn't get any better than that. That's not boring to me. That's not passive, but it builds into the the, the rhythms of rest because it's it's away from the routine that is the 40, 50, 60 hours of the rigor of the job and the demands and the pressures, et cetera. Well, and I find that if you spend your week working and you're going, 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 you're in a set, you're in a certain mindset, and you know it's the mindset of whatever the work is that you've been focused on. And by the time I get to week's end, or if I work on Saturday, typically by the by the end of the day Saturday, I'm 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 just sort of. I'm almost involuntarily disengaged because mm-hmm. I've been looking at the same stuff, I've been thinking about the same things, I've been trying to resolve, you know, the same kinds of problems in my work for the past 6 days that at the end of the day I am just I just need to let let it go and to just kind of disengage and do something completely different and use a completely different part of my brain otherwise when that week starts again on Monday then I'm 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 tired. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the title of the um, subtitle of the message that I gave that caught your attention, certainly the title was Leading on Empty, but then the emphasis was Celebrating a Day of Delight. That's not passive. That's not boring. A Day of Delight. And it's, it's kind of... Um, uh, you know, it's the day you, you can really look forward to because you get away from the grind. Now, I love work. I love what I do. But I also enjoy getting away for that, that solid day. So when I come back to it, I'm refreshed, I'm more energized, and I'm better at it, as you just expressed. In the final segment of our show, let's talk about the, the, the pieces and parts of resting and, and, and what we should be doing. Uh, we've talked about why and why it's important. We've talked about uh, what happens when you don't rest. Now let's talk about just the nuts and bolts of how to do it. Pastor Keith, how often should we be resting? 
Well, the, the biblical encouragement is a day of delight, one day out of seven. So for the Jewish tradition, it was Friday sundown to Saturday sundown when the church assembled, and of course it came out of Judaism. Uh, they started to celebrate the Sabbath on the Day of Resurrection, which became the Lord's Day, which was uh, Sunday. And then as the New Testament uh, was uh, written progressively, uh, Paul the Apostle, who came out of Judaism, was a Pharisee of Pharisee, a Hebrew of Hebrews, basically said, you know, the encouragement is, because life is so complex, let each person dedicate a day as holy unto the Lord. But clearly it is a, a day, one out of seven. Okay. So it doesn't so much matter um, what day that is as much as it is that you at least take that day because for me I try to make that day Sunday because that's the day when I don't have, I, I can I can most often plan not to have play right. dates, not to uh, have, you know, a whole lot of stuff going on and I can go to church, I can come home and, you know, the next thing I have to worry about is the show. Uh, in the evening, but all of that for me kind of plays into this whole idea of a, a day of relaxation, whereas for you, Sunday is a work day. So when do you get your day of rest? Well, it will be tomorrow. <laughs> Typically, we, we try to hold Friday uh, sacred, and so that, in this context, works really well, and uh, and you're absolutely right, Speedway. Uh, Sunday's a full day for uh, pastors. You're pouring yourself out in teaching and counseling and caring for people. But think it through in our society. You know, since the invention of the light bulb, boy, we go 24-7, and nurses and doctors, you know, restaurants are open. And so this beautiful picture that the Lord says, let each person regard a day as unto the Lord, there's, there's freedom there, but there's also a... Uh, a commitment to not uh, compromising that, which is so easy to do in our busyness. Yes, yes it is. And you've mentioned uh, more than once in our discussion that a day of rest is not just laying around and doing absolutely nothing. Um, I'm curious, though, when you talk about a day unto the Lord, is that does that have some additional special significance other than I get to go play golf and play with my kids <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think biblically, again, going back to the Judeo-Christian ethic, um, the Old Testament really encouraged, and the New Testament for that matter, a faith renewal on the Sabbath and a family renewal. Just a few thoughts. In Leviticus 23.8, we read on the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. So there's the Sabbath with a sacred assembly, and we're not working. So part of this Sabbath is faith renewal. Uh, certainly the uh, Jesus Christ really embraced that. In Luke 4, it talks about him going into the synagogue on the Sabbath day for worship. And the catchphrase is, as was his custom. So faith renewal, family renewal, there's some beautiful things that Judaism has brought to um the world, and it's this whole idea of gathering as a family regularly to celebrate, to celebrate God, to celebrate faith, to celebrate family. 
And so in Exodus 16, it talks about that everyone was to stay home on the seventh day and be together. And think about the, the benefits. Family traditions deepen. Um, memories are created. Relationships are developed. Where in our culture today, sadly, we're just passing each other by in the wind. How often do we have even a meal together as a family? So if I were to say two things, faith renewal and family renewal. Well, that is a it's it's an interesting idea and I I'm I'm compelled to ask about this. What we are hearing is that more and more households in this day and age are single member households. And um you know, even you have situations where people's families are so dispersed now that uh, you may have, you know, somebody who works in one state and the rest of the family is spread out over several states. You know, I personally am from Zimbabwe, and so my mother lives in Zimbabwe, my sister lives in Johannesburg, my father passed away. So my immediate family is spread across three countries. And uh, so there are people who may not have a nucleus, a family nucleus, that they get to rest with on their day of rest. So to that person who says, well, that sounds wonderful, I get the faith renewal thing, but I don't really have family that's close by, or or maybe I'm not even close to my family, I personally am. But for those who, for whatever reason, don't have family, the kids are gone, or the kids are grown, or the kids are at you know mom's house, dad's house, what what would you suggest that those folks should be thinking about and doing on that day of rest? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful question and very sensitive to uh, you know the diversity in your audience. I think it takes creativity, and and the creativity goes both ways. For us as a church, we want to identify people like that who maybe are shut-ins, maybe are widows or widowers. People like our family, we're a 1,000 miles away from our nuclear family, our extended family. And so it's my wife, uh, three kids, but that's it. Now, we have each other, but that's as far as it goes unless we we make that huge uh, journey. So we try to engage here in the broader community, and so the church, the, the family of God, becomes part of our extended family. So everybody's story is different as yours is, and, and we try to try to make it work. Um, one of the things that I find I really enjoy is the balance of time spent with friends and the balance that I spend for myself. And um, all of all of the, the, the audience members out there who are parents understand this. Um, when you suddenly find yourself kidless because somehow, you know, all the children have gone off to play dates, especially if you've got young kids like I do, and all of a sudden you've got a couple of hours to yourself. <laughs> you know, there is this sort of sense of euphoria because it's yep. like, oh, my goodness, I have time. What am I going to do with my time? And, um, you know, I, I, my encouragement to our listeners is think about the time that you have, your rest time in that way, that there is real value in just being by yourself, put your feet up on the couch, read a magazine, Watch a movie, do something mindless, especially for those of us you know who are either workaholics or recovering alcoholics. The notion of just sitting on the couch is something that you know i'm I'm not terribly familiar with 
Yep. And so when I when I actually get to do it, it's like, hey, that was kind of nice. Now you know I I don't want to do it too often, but um, there there are lots and lots of things that I think we could all find joy and delight in in things that we just like to do and just never get around to doing. Maybe it's you know sitting around and, and painting because you've had that talent that you've never had a chance to cultivate or you know golfing in my experience when i tried my hand at golfing you know <laughs> if i was out playing a game that was 4 hours automatic yeah and um i very concluded that you know with a spouse who was golfing uh, it wasn't going to do for us to have children and me golf as well because somebody had to be home taking care of the children and we couldn't both be out for 4 and 8 hours at a at a at a time but there are certainly things that are fun to do. I have a Harley, and uh, got a Harley. Back <laughs> I didn't there. know that. Wow! Yeah, good for you. <laughs> yeah. I have this Harley, and I tell you what, nothing will take up your time like a motorcycle. Yep. Because yep. you jump on that sucker, and you just don't want to come home, because it is so much fun to ride around and feel the wind on your face and that wide open road and. For me, that is time where I actually find I, I, I'm closer to God because I look and I see his creation in a new and different way mm-hmm. that I don't see when I'm in the car. And yep. uh, don't you have a bike, too? Do I yes, I do. Yeah, a 96 Sportster. Uh, yes. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, and so I, you know, I talk to God, and I go, "Wow, you know, I never noticed you put that there. Wow, look at the look at the fields. Wow, how did I not see that there? Wow, you, you know, you really rock. Look at you." Yep, yep. <laughs> and God says, "Yes, I know." <laughs> you know, Speedway. One of the things I've learned, especially with us Type A personalities, it sounds like your uh, mold is a little bit uh, like mine. You know, people need uh, to. Give themselves permission to relax. Um, Tim Hansel has a book out entitled, When I Relax, I Feel Guilty. And I don't know where we've gotten that from in our culture, but I think that's one of our nemesis. I think it haunts us that, boy, if we just sit out on the deck and sip some tea and just watch the clouds go by, that somehow we're wasting our life, where... In actuality, it might be just the opposite. Somehow we're enhancing our life and we're going to be more richer and fuller because we took that motorcycle ride or we went fishing with our son and we turned that cell phone off while we played golf. And then we come back to that which is normative and we're much more engaged, much more fresh and alive for it. Is it one of the things that I did in trying to to get to that point of disengaging um was i i started to to think about it as a scheduled activity because it it seems to me like developing the good habit of resting like anything else requires regular discipline and an Mm. ongoing commitment to actually do that is that a fair statement well, it's not only fair, it is, uh, it's one of the catch um, concepts. If, if, you, if you don't catch that, that this is a discipline and it is one of the harder things that you're going to do in your week, from the vantage point of making the commitment, the blessing, the, the refreshment will come, but just making that commitment to let go and engage that day of delight. 
So, yeah, discipline's a great word. So what do you say to that person who says, well, this sounds wonderful, but you have no idea how many things that I have to juggle in a week. Why, you know, I, I keep asking God every day why there's only 24 hours because I really need more like, you know, 50 in a given day just to even scratch the surface of the, the the various things that I have to do and the various things that I have to give my time to. What do you say to that person who's just feeling like I'm I'm I'd love to do it but I'm just I'm just too busy. Well let me say two things to that and, and hopefully this will help. One will be just kind of pragmatic statistics and one will be a real life story. Um there was an article in USA Today and the title was Americans Working Too Hard. So that's, that's okay, that's pretty simple, but consider some of the things it said. The article shared the results of a Hilton generational time survey of 1,220 adults. Their conclusion, listen to this, Speedway, and your, your listeners should capture this. 68% of adults say they need more fun. 67% of adults say they need a long vacation. 66% of adults said they often feel stressed out. That sounds like fun. 60% feel time is crunch. 51% want less work, more play. 49% feel pressured to succeed and are overwhelmed. So here's the deal. We know where we are as a society. We know it. We feel it. it just It's just in the air. It's the air we breathe. We have to choose the uh, day of delight because it won't be chosen for us. The boss ain't going to do it. Our our uh, uh, options in society ain't going to let us go. They're always running to us. We're just going to have to say, you know what, I'm choosing this day, and I'm going to be the one to program it so it's a day of delight and, and refreshment. Now, here's the encouraging story. Talk about a busy person. Truett Cathy is the owner of Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. That store began in 1946. Today, there's 1,475 stores. Check this out. 38 states all across America, he embraced the Sabbath principle, the day of rest, for his own life and his business from inception of the company. In 2012, it is projected that all 1,475 stores will be debt-free. How did that happen? (laughs) That's powerful. Yeah. That is powerful. And so maybe, maybe, uh, Speedway, less is more. Yes. And that's I the win. I completely agree. I completely agree. Because, you know, um, you have to start thinking to yourself, wow, if a guy like that can find a day of rest, surely, you know, I in my not-so-busy life should be able to do that too. Absolutely. And um, so, listeners, uh, I, I encourage you to go and insist on your day of rest. Insist on taking that time for yourself. Schedule it if you have to. Put it on your calendar and and do it just like you do anything else you do in your job. This is my day. I'm supposed to rest. I'm supposed to have fun. I'm supposed to hang out with my family and do it. And um, come back and, and, and get on the website and tell us how things went. Pastor Keith, thank you so much for joining us today on the Speedway Show. Yeah, my pleasure, Speedway. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Until next week, live well. Live fully and love deeply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.